The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to those expressing them and do not necessarily reflect the OSA Foundation Incorporated or any other group or individual. This podcast may contain dialogue or subject material that could be considered for mature audiences only. All aspects of how you play the game and the OSA Foundation Incorporated are protected by copyright and other state and federal intellectual property laws. Unauthorized use without the express written consent of the OSA Foundation Incorporated is strictly prohibited. If you're interested in sponsoring how you play the game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. Well, let me be the first to wish you a happy 16th birthday. Oh, wow. Great. Thank you. Because I know that you have a birthday that just... Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it it has just happened at the time that this uh, episode gets released, mm-hmm. and based on your mental state uh, and how it relates to mine, I'm going to assume that you were now 16. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, therefore, sure. you are now four years older than me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> makes me. It makes me. Uh appreciate high school all over again well let me tell you let me tell you uh i'm gonna need you to give me rides everywhere now (laughs) okay uh rides to my uh my uh saturday night sleepovers with my boys as we play golden eye and um you know the the and i'll be the weirdo right Right, i'll be the older one that you know you'll be the 16 year old that beats us with your karate orange belt as right. as as the other ones just play GoldenEye and whatnot, and then you know we'll wake up the next morning and our parents will be like, "Why do you have welts all over you?" And like <laughs> uh, we played we played a game called Extreme Crossfire. Well, what's that? Well, you know that you know the board game Crossfire with those little metal BBs in it, and you shoot them at, at each other on the board. Yeah. Well, we don't use the board. We just take pick them up off the board and throw them at each other. <laughs> And I feel like you're speaking from experience. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> All right. We also played hide and seek where in order to evo- uh, evade the person who was it, we actually went out on the roof of the house just to just to get away. So, mm. you know, uh, one time we, we played uh, we played indoor manhunt at oh, a friend of mine's place. OK. And uh, I actually was very clever. I hid behind a curtain. And there were two curtains, right? I hit right. on one side, and I stacked up a bunch of pillows on the other. And someone was like, is this a decoy? <laughs> I can't believe this. <laughs> if you think about it, isn't Manhunt the same as hide-and-seek? I think the difference is that you just need to be found. I don't think you need to be tagged. In Manhunt, you don't. You just have to be found. I think so. I think in in hide and seek, don't you have to find someone and then run after them and and tag them? I guess it depends on the rules of the game. I you know because Manhunt sometimes we would we would play it at night, and you couldn't actually necessarily find someone. You actually had to like I don't know tackling them is the right word, but you know. See, I I thought it was the opposite. It I could thought be it was the opposite. I I thought see. Now, if we really want to really get into the weeds with this, okay. I mean, from what I understand, hide-and-seek could be played at any time. Right. And if you found someone and tagged them, you're it. 
Okay. Right. That's so I fair. Think, yeah. And then at then at night you play manhunt, which we did. Okay. And you just need to find someone. So could so could manhunt basically just be the nighttime version of hide and seek? Minus the tagging part, I think. Okay. I mean, I think that's a that might be a, a house rule that you people from North Jersey always right. used, you know. And then um, remember, and then remember uh flashlight tag. You ever play yes, that? Yes, yes. That's that's just, hard. Yeah. Like that's really difficult. Like, how do you and then when you flat when you when you you know when you shine the flashlight on someone, they have to freeze. Yeah. And there's no it. Like you just have to get everyone. That's like and then you know, that's like to me, that's like when you're playing like a uh like a Star Wars game, uh, you know, like a like a, in a, a space game where you're basically you have lasers and you're just literally just like, I'm just going to keep shooting because I don't really care what the accuracy is. Eventually, right. these lasers are going to hit something. Yeah. So I feel like with the flashlight, you're literally just doing it. You're just waving right. it everywhere. Just, just waving it, you know? Yeah, it's, you know. So now, you know, what's funny is that thinking back to my, my hide and seek days, uh-huh. um, a buddy of mine came up with this uh, this system that would determine how long you had to count. Um, and it was something hmm. along the lines of you you t- you know you 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 touch them on the on the on the back their back with a finger, and then they turn around and they have to guess which finger, and then every finger that they guess incorrectly adds 10 seconds to how much they have to count. Couldn't you just lie? Well, I think you had a third party there. Oh, as an, an at, as an attest. Yes, exactly. <laughs> to, to attest to an independent. It's like observer. a golf card. It's like a golf scorecard. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And we had, we had hiding spots because we always, when we played, you know, for the most part, we were indoors and mm-hmm. we had hiding spot like my the same guy who came up with that system he developed he was able to get inside his linen closet and up to like one of the top shelves and he and he literally shoved himself in there and put a blanket around him and we had no for the longest time we're like where is we're like going through closets because we knew he was in that general vicinity but we're like where the hell is he we're literally going into like closets in other rooms thinking do we is there a secret door is this one narnia exactly (laughs) which one of these gets me the turkish delights okay (laughs) is that code it's code um at another friend's house um his parents had a giant walk-in closet. Oh wow! And, and I, I hid myself on top of. Uh, his mom had a bunch of uh, shoe boxes, mm-hmm. and so I got on top of those and like shoved myself behind all of the suits and dry cleanings and things like that that were you know that were in the dry cleaning plastic still. And I, oh, okay. I, I was, I was behind. And this there. was last week, right? This was last week. Okay. Um, and then to make it really interesting, <laughs> last week I hid behind, or one of our friends hid in like a, a cabinet and just put a bunch like reams of like computer. Because you're like, because you're like seven feet tall. So I'm, I'm like seven feet tall, 230 <laughs> pounds. Um, my body is, you know, at that point where I need chiropractic help, and getting up off the couch sometimes is like. I'll tell you I- what. 
you know that feeling in your back where you feel like it's about to go out? Yeah. That's I'm I'm feeling that. I oh, gotta yeah. go. I gotta go tomorrow. I'm like sitting in this chair. I'm just like, yeah, I'm feeling it. There's something about to go yes, out. Yesterday I played golf and when I got done, I was like, oh my God, I am so out of whack. And I literally just got an adjustment last week. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it's because I had a gig on Friday. Uh-huh. And and um you know, you, 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 I, I tell this to a lot of people, you play a three hour gig, especially if you're standing up, that's, oh, that's, the, that's the equivalent of playing, you know, of, of working like three to five days, nine to five. Yeah. Okay. Because you're not sitting down. You're not just like chilling at a computer. You don't get lunch breaks. You're literally standing right. there with a, you know, giant saxophone around your neck, mm-hmm. you know, putting pressure on your entire body. As you're as you're exerting wind through it and you know right. and pushing buttons and oh yeah you know it's it is it is a tough time and you, and we're severely underpaid you know well, I'll tell you what they say that marching in a halftime show right for a marching band is equivalent mm-hmm. to playing a half a game of basketball straight really yeah like that the amount of energy me. you exude as a wind player and you're moving around and yeah. you've got to concentrate it's you know, on a hot day with oh, the yeah. full uniform on, yep. forget it. Yeah. You know, it, it, it really leads to um, different questions of where you're kind of looking at it. Like what, what are we doing here with this? Yeah. You know, like Speaking of what are we doing here? Oh, I, we're doing a podcast. <laughs> nice transition team. Uh, this is how you play the game. The official podcast of the Osa Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack Furlong, with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the second episode of the month of October. The year is 2021. Glad you can be with us. As always, check us out online. Our website is osafoundation.org. You can contact the show via email with the address podcast at osafoundation.org. On social media, we're at facebook.com slash Foundation. Twitter and Instagram are both at Foundation. hashtag how you play the game. And we have our own YouTube page where some of our select podcasts get published up there. As always, across the way from me on the screen is the producer engineer of the show, Mr. Sean Ryan. Sean, hello. How are you? Dynamite. How are you? Oh, uh, well, I think other than the fact that that's a lie, seeing how your back might just about go, is about to go out, you know? Yeah. So... Uh, um, we got a couple of things to look at today. Um, you know, before, the, before we get to the main topic, uh, that we were, you and I had been discussing, uh, the, the breaking news that I saw this past week was, um, John Gruden resigned as the, uh, head coach of the, uh, the Raiders. Now, I guess it's they're they're the Las Vegas Raiders, um, right. not, no longer the Oakland Raiders. Mm-hmm. And, um, the reason that this all went down, if I, if I understand the, the story correctly, and if I, if I have this wrong, please, somebody, you know, tell me. I've got um, an article. I've got an article up right now. Okay. So anyway, what happened was the, I guess the NFL is investigating the Washington football team, then known as the Washington Redskins mm-hmm. uh, for, um, allegations of misconduct, uh, workplace problems, you know, like, like internal problems and whatnot. Uh, I don't think this was, I don't think it was like a cheating scandal or anything. I think it was like no. workplace misconduct and stuff like that, where it, they were basically looking at employees and what, you know, is it a safe and healthy place to work and yada, yada, yada. 
So in doing that, they, you know, obviously are combing through emails and stuff like that, that date back at least 10 years, if not longer. And I think I see one that dated back to 2002. Yeah. Okay. So long, long ago, like almost 20 Um, years. Yeah. And basically what they uncovered was they the first thing they uncovered was they uncovered an email from John Gruden, who at the time, I believe this was in about 2012 ish, he was working for ESPN. So he was not an employee of uh, the NFL, the Raiders, mm-hmm. or anything like that. And this was around the, you know, this they, they had gone through so much where, you know, they were looking at um, issues with labor negotiations. There was the lockout for some time. Um, you know, there, there, were, there were just a lot of different issues going on. And uh, Gruden used language in the email that came off as uh, misogynist, homophobic, mm-hmm. um, just, just, just stuff that I, I think we should say just isn't, doesn't fly, shall we say. Yeah, no. Okay. No good. So, so this, so he was confronted about this. He explained it. He said, "I'm not a racist. I was, you know, I was talking about this and that, the other. I, you know, I, I, you know, and and you know, it, it, at the time when they first found that email, it was like one email, and uh, you know, and they they talked through it, and I think most of the the members of the Raiders were just like, it's "What are under the bridge?" You know, like like mm-hmm. they. It was nothing. It was ten years ago. It was a ten years. It was ten years ago. And the and and the way that he explained it was like I think it, I think one of the quotes was something along the lines of he used a term that was talking about um, you know a stereotypical term about uh, a, a man's lips being the size of Michelin tires right. and 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 this person in question who I believe was uh, Demari Smith. Uh, I could be wrong, but basically you know he's an, he's a black man, and so mm-hmm. they started connecting the dots. And Gruden's explanation was, I did not mean mean it that way. What I meant was, you know, uh, he was a liar. And basically he was referencing the fact that, uh, you know, people who lie can't get the truth out through their lips and this, you know, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So it was like, okay, so there's a, you know, again, it was, there was a legitimate retort. It wasn't like he was fumbling through something and whatnot, but you know, it was just, mm-hmm. it just no pun intended fumbling. See what I did there. Uh, but- uh, um, so it, it was what it was. So then I think it was the New York times comes out and says, we have a, uh, large number of emails now where basically this type of behavior continues and just, just like, you know, tons of emails where, the same thing goes over, you know, and, and, you know, he's just like all over the place with this stuff. So he resigned saying, basically, I don't want to be a distraction. And, you know, the world is calling for his head and whatnot. And, you know, as, as I'm reading some of these articles, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around them. And especially in our context, because we at OSIP have, we talk, you and I have talked about this a lot on the show, uh, we talk about the fact that cancel culture becomes very toxic because on one hand, there is the fact that all of a sudden there's something somebody doesn't like 
and they're calling for, you know, you know, a penalty to be penalty to be paid in the form of someone losing a job or credibility or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. uh, especially when it gets taken out of context. And then secondly, we talk about it from the standpoint of we we never put ourselves in the position of forgiveness. We never look at the situation and say, could this person have just made an honest mistake? Could this person have done something that, you know, for which they will feel remorse and they will learn from it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we just, we, we, we don't do that in, in our society. Mm. And, and so to me, this whole situation reeks of this went back a while uh, these were probably, he probably thought these were private emails. He had no way of knowing that these emails would become public. And granted, that may not be an excuse, but, you know, you know, you, we kind of look at this sometimes where we're like, if you're going to say something that could be like that, don't do it in writing. Don't do it in a way where it's going to be captured and it can come back to bite you. You know, we live in that society now where anything that is tangible becomes uh, evidence against you and to me i just i feel like again i don't know john gruden um i've seen him in person maybe once or twice because i think his kid went to lafayette to play football um and but the fact of the matter is that he he probably you know he feels remorse uh he probably never meant for this stuff to become public this is you know sometimes people talk this way when they're when they're in private because we we can't let these feelings kind of simmer because they're going to explode later if we continue to suppress them granted there was never a reason for him to do it you know like it's it's not it's 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 not acceptable so to speak to uh to to be saying these things but we have to show forgiveness we have to we have to set you know look him in the eye and say what's up with this you know and there's a lot of there there are a lot of facts here that you know we, where we have to say is it possible that he could grow did this stuff not happen 10 plus years ago you know it, it, maybe he's grown in 10 plus years you know so we we just don't know and i you know i i guess i guess it just it just reeks to me of Another situation where there's there's a slight overreaction. We he, we can obviously say to him, "Look, that's not cool. People get offended by this." But then it kind of stops there, where he can say, "You know what? You're right. I'm sorry. Shouldn't have done that. I'm going to learn to grow from it." And we move on, and that's it. I mean, we, it's 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 a situation where people are demanding a pound of flesh for something where it's like. I, I don't know. It's a, I don't see the man as a Hitler, if that makes sense. So, I mean, do, do you have any any reaction to this, or am I just, you know, setting myself up to fail because I'm trying to look at this in a, you know, a, a little bit more of a sensible light rather than going out with you know torches and pitchforks demanding that the dude you know, pay the ultimate price for his sins, which usually doesn't help us very much. Um, well, first of all, 
let's talk logistics um, with the legality of uh, all of this. The New York Times, you said the New York Times found the emails? I believe so. How'd they do that? Do you know? That that I don't because it was behind a paywall. Okay. So usually at the bottom of an email, it says if this is not intended for the recipient um, and there's like a, a non-disclosure yeah. thing and this information in this email can't be disseminated. Um. So, the, so the, what you're, you're what you're all the New York Times may have done something illegal, is what or I'm some, saying, or or someone leaked it to the Times. Still illegal. Okay, I, I, it doesn't matter. I mean, the the point is that you know, someone had retrieved these emails, somehow hacked into his account, or someone else maybe gave someone maybe a recipient of the email gave it to someone else. But either way, it left the bounds of the organization. And that's illegal. So poo-poo on them for doing that. <laughs> no, really. I, I yeah. th- it's they they broke the law. Yeah. That's the way I see it. Cause a lot of these organizations, unless they don't have some disclosure state non-disclosure statement at the bottom of an, of an email. I mean, you've seen them before. Yes. Yes. And it's for reasons specifically like this, that they're meant to be private. Now, so first so so no one no one is without sin here right okay first of all second of all should gruden have said those things of course not but he didn't know what the i I like it was he thought it was supposed to be private yeah okay otherwise i don't think he would have said those things i mean you and i have talked about this before where when we make jokes and they are sometimes, you know, they're not for all audiences. I'm going to admit it. Yeah. But we do those in private and we do those within each other's company. If I don't know the person with whom I'm joking, I'm not going to randomly say the stuff that you and I say because I don't know that person. I don't know how they're going to take it. Right. So right. it's always about, you know, it's always about context. And this is one of the biggest issues plaguing cancel culture is that people don't understand context people don't get that you know people don't have empathy there's no empathy and there's no humanity and there's 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 no context people don't understand it um i think that yes in my opinion, in my view. <laughs> Thank you, Tim McCarver. <laughs> uh, what he said was offensive. And uh, I would never, ever say um, in a public setting or outside the confines of a joke. But the the fact of the matter is you have to know who your audience is. Right. Right. So he may have very well have sent that email to the wrong person. Who then subsequently broke the law by disseminating the material in that email by leaking it to the New York Times? So, you know, it, do two wrongs make a right? No. Right. Um, secondly, was he really the one who decided to resign? Did where was he being pressured? See, to me, it sounds like 
he made the decision himself and then afterwards more emails were found right is that uh, what happened was that when, the timeline well of if i if i'm if i'm reading it correctly ori the original email was found and he did not resign he said i am not a racist i'm not this i'm blah blah okay. blah blah blah. All right. then so then mm -hmm. more emails were found uh, okay and he resigned and that's where i think you, you you're going with this is that lawyers got involved and said to him listen get out now you yep. know Basically. It wasn't his decision. Right. It, it, it It's never the person's decision. Especially it, since he had signed like a 10-year contract right. worth, you know, nobody right. just walks away from that kind of money. Right. So, okay, he resigned and it's over. Like, I, 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 like, it's, you shouldn't have said what he said. It was stupid. Okay. And he accepted responsibility for it and he resigned. End of story. Yeah. Why are people like, okay, again, not right for him to say those things, but we have to have a little humanity here. Let's look, try to look beyond that, you know, the, the emails for a minute and look at him as the person, you know, uh, let's look at him and, and in terms of, you know, as a whole person, not just because of what he says, you know, it's something that was a long time ago. In and, a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> and it's time to move on. I mean, yeah. you know, speaking of context, and I, I don't want to get too deep into this, but I mean, we were sort of talking about the same thing with Dave Chappelle. Right. You know, <laughs> okay, if you don't agree with him, don't watch it. If you don't agree, like if if you can't, if you can't, if you can, if you fail to see past that this was a comedy show, then take a step back and look again. Yeah, you know, it, it just I, I like I, yes, I don't agree with him personally with what he said, but that doesn't make him a terrible person that doesn't make him a bad comedian he's really funny right yeah there so was what ahead. about and what about and and then uh, and not to interrupt no go ahead but with john gruden like okay look at the job he does is does he do a good job i mean i don't know much about him is he a good coach i mean does he do does he get the job done he has won a super bowl before so so i mean look we this is the same thing that we've been saying we we in the annals of history we remember people for the jobs they've done not for the way not for the things they've said yeah not for the you know and and you were mentioning hitler before yeah hitler was bad because it directly correlated with his job yes and he was a terrible person for that and he did unbelievably irreparable damage so yes he is going to be known for that for the bad things he's done but if you look at someone like martin luther king for example you look at the work he's done bringing people together fighting for civil rights and and all the work he's done in that in that in that capacity but we seem to forget that he was a womanizer 
and he and beat a rapist. his wife. Yeah. And, a, and right. So like, but we never, we never remember him for that. Right. And we had said, if Martin Luther King had a Twitter account today, he very well could be canceled. Yeah. <laughs> because you're right. It's, it's this toxic environment. We can't look past the way the, these, these, yes, they're terrible things that, that people do, but look at the job they do as well. Try to, in your mind, divorce the two for just a second and try to see both sides of it. Yeah. And make, you know? make, make a, make a, a, a an opinion based upon that kind of stuff. You'll find it, that it averages out more often. The people yeah. who the people who were so high and mighty, you know, aren't perfect anymore. And the people who you thought were the worst people in the world are average just like you and me. Mm -hmm. You know? And, and that's and Hitler's not one of them. But no. you know <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, to kind of go back to the Dave Chappelle thing for a second, you know, there was the uh you know, obviously Chappelle was under fire because he was making uh jokes about uh, gender and the the trans community and whatnot in his latest uh, comedy special, and I watched the special and I was like, I, I, to me, what he was he he wasn't saying anything that was um, so outlandish that he had you know he was he was going to he was basically destroying his career what he was doing was he was talking about the situation he was talking about his opinions and he he left it open for people to say you know what if you disagree with me that's okay too you right. know there was the story i can't remember but, the but it was with the con but it was within the context of a show exactly of comedy it's comedy yeah the people don't remember that people and when, can't when like, you are, yeah. When you're doing, <laughs> when you're doing comedy, okay, uh, th there there are tropes of how we make fun and how we poke fun and how we make people laugh. You know, look at the Colbert Report. Exactly. He was putting on a persona. He was right. acting. He was acting like he was in the in in you know a a, a, a neo conservative, right? Right. But he was. But it's not, he's not really like that. Right. So, right. so no one yeah. no one called them out for that. Right. Especially early on in the show as, as he as he morphed into the later version of the show mm -hmm. and then and then when he, you know then obviously when he took over, you know, the the late show mm -hmm. um now now you know all bets are off, but you're absolutely right. Uh what I was going to say was I can't remember the woman's name. Uh there was some writer producer who was doing who also worked for Netflix. I think I think she was making shows and whatnot. And I think the show she was making, again, I, I can't remember it off the top of my head, and I apologize for that. Um dealt with uh you know LGBTQ, you know, issues. Mm -hmm. And it was, I think it was supposed to be also a like a like a like a coming of age comedy serial thing. What but but again, I, I apologize for not having all those facts. But she basically came out and said, I'm not gonna keep working with Netflix until they take Chappelle's special down. Uh, that's how offended she was. And I was like, not for nothing, ma'am, but if you don't like it, leave Netflix. Send mm -hmm. your message that way, especially because I'm well, sure. Didn't, didn't Netflix let her go? 
I think so. I think I, I think so. Again, I'm not 100% sure, but I guess the point I was going to make was there are plenty of other avenues and organizations that would love to pick her up and then and 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 producer she's going to make so much more money that way, you know? Negative so, press is still press. Uh-huh. And and she may have broken the law. There you because, go. Because she probably signed a contract that said, I will not disparage the network. I will not say anything harmful about the network publicly. That's probably why she, she was let go. <laughs> and she out, acted outside the bounds of her contract. Yeah. So, again, if you're going to speak your mind about something and you're free to do so, but expect that there are consequences. Right. Now, on, on both ends, you know... I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, when when Dave Chappelle said those things, yeah, there's consequences for that. People aren't going to like what you say, and they're going to demand that you, you know, get. It's, Chappelle's going to be fine, yeah. okay? I mean, he's <laughs> he doesn't care. He's Dave Chappelle for crying out loud. He's, he did half baked, all right. He, <laughs> you know, he's he's going to be fine. And so is this other person. Yeah. I, I, they're all going to be fine. If I if think this... in a couple of weeks, this whole thing is going to blow over. Yeah. And the bigger it's, it's just it. <laughs> this woman in question, uh, if she wanted to go about it this way, her better bet would have been to go go to Netflix first and say, "I'm not okay with this," rather than publicly disparaging the network right. and say, "This is this is my concern." Blah 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 blah. And if Netflix then like stonewalls her and whatnot and she feels she has no other choice than to do what she did okay you know we especially go out you might as well go out with a bang to a certain degree yeah you know uh, the the old get your money's worth kind of a thing you know which which obviously gets us you know a a nice little coin sound from nintendo from our friends over at close call sports (laughs) you know but yeah you're yeah you're absolutely right you're absolutely right so um yeah i just feel like I just feel like if if you don't like what someone says, you could just easily turn it off. Yeah. No, that's that's you know? and that's been it's, something that's that's been you know the the way it sh- it has been for for ages. I remember mm-hmm. years ago, years ago, I was listening to Mike and the Mad Dog on WFAN and someone someone called in and was complaining about what you know the 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 topic and their opinions about it and basically the caller was saying you know if you don't change this i'm not going to listen to your show anymore and both mike and chris were like well then turn us off go ahead don't listen to the show then if you don't like it no one's forcing you to listen to our show right as if to say we're going to be fine if we lose a listener you know (laughs) like Right. And believe me, they're fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, we 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 have this, and and I, I can see this. I can see it almost in the younger generation more, and because I I can recall feeling this way. We have this idea that when something isn't right, we demand retribution. We're not. We don't teach our youth. We we teach our youth to say you have the power to be the change the world needs. And that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. But we do it in a way where we, we ultimately are teaching them to take up causes that 
they don't necessarily either they do it the wrong way or they don't necessarily need to. There are other ways to do it. You know, instead of just turning it off, not being a part of it, we demand change. We demand that this ends this, that, the other, you know, um, it's one thing if people are being, you know, physically abused. If you if you're going to take a stance against child abuse for crying out loud, that's that's something where you can you can do that. And mm-hmm. you can really make a difference. OK, but when it comes to someone's opinions about, you know, something in a comedy special, you, you don't have the same power. Just turn it off. Right. OK, um, I don't want to go deep into this because we're going to be foreshadowing our next episode. But if you don't like what's coming out in a movie, don't go see the movie. Right. OK, it's that simple. You know, don't 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 give them your money. Speak with your wallet. Let the free market determine what sinks and what floats. So I think I think we've kind of like really ravaged it enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of leads me to our third and final topic, the one we actually were going to talk about, mm-hmm. which was a, a, a more interesting topic, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, in New Jersey. We have we have a lot on our um, plates as we approach November for elections and whatnot. And um, there's a public question on our ballot about uh, gambling with college sports. Now, New Jersey, I believe, is the only state in the nation that has a ban on college sports wagering that says you can't wager on any collegiate sport that is occurring within the state. And you also cannot wager on any collegiate sporting event that involves a team from the state. Okay. So basically if you, if you're located in New Jersey, you can't bet on a Rutgers football game, whether they're playing at home or they're playing in Ohio. Now, if you cross the border into Pennsylvania, you're free to do whatever you want. And granted, we have a lot of different sports gambling issues within this country. You know, more and more states are legalizing it with the advent of online gambling and whatnot. Um, I know that New York is definitely not in the same place that New Jersey is. Uh, You know, so there are a lot of different issues. But the fact that this came up on the ballot where they they basically put you know the 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 state uh legislature put the public question to uh the constituents where they said should our constitution be amended so that uh gambling on collegiate athletics should, should be legalized and it brought up a lot of interesting points because of kind of similar things to what we were talking about here where you know, if you don't like it, don't do this. If you do like it, you know, like, like if you don't like college betting, don't, don't bet on college sports. Mm-hmm. Okay. That being said, the flip side to it kind of makes you scratch your head a little bit. And there's, and there, I feel like there is some, maybe I'm a hypocrite for, for jumping the other way, but we have the ability to bet on those sports. Like I said, simply by, crossing state lines if you're that desperate to bet on those games right leave new jersey place the bet 
and go from there. You know, and the other thing was, you know, a lot of the another reason why they were basically, you know, people were speaking out against this law was because they said that collegiate sports are easier to manipulate, you know, especially when you look at New Jersey and and some of the betting stuff that can go on. That was that was my argument. One of my arguments. Yeah. And my my whole thing also was if you are if, if you are that interested in betting on sports, um professional sports are in my opinion the way to go morally you know collegiate sports you're still student athletes these and 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 in my opinion we have we have glorified collegiate athletics to a point where we treat them as the end all be all and i'm like you know not for nothing if you know if i want to root for a team in that way i go to professional sports Collegiate right. sports, the turnover is insane. You know, you're right. rooting more for a team and 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 for a school than you are for players. You're not fans right. of these players. You're fans. You 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 associate with the school because maybe you're an alum or something like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, it, and, and just, the games are entertaining. Right. It's just that you know I think that with regard to collegiate sports and. There's still that element of academia. Yes, you are still amateurs. You're, and you are, I think when you mix betting with that, I don't know, it just, it doesn't sit well with me. It would be like betting on Little League, in my opinion. Yeah, because then why stop at college? Yeah. Why not bet, bet on, high, on school? high school? Yeah. Why? Why, why not? Yeah. And you know, the farther down the pipeline you go, the the easier it is to manipulate. Right. So it's like, oh, let's bet on so and so high school, and then you know, someone knows someone else there, and it's like, oh yeah, I got a huge pot, I got a huge stake in this. Yeah. You know, let's 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 dot let you know let's let's toss the game. Right. You know, and and that's not saying that that hasn't happened in professional sports. And they, they, it has happened. The Black Sox scandal, you know, right. they, let's, yeah. I mean, let's, it has happened. How many fighters have taken a dive, you know? I mean, like, it's happened. I think it's happened with the, with the New York Giants. Yeah. Every, there, there are tons it, of different know, places where right. in history that has happened. Right. But it doesn't happen. I don't feel like it happens as often. Not as anymore. It, does. it doesn't. Not anymore. Yeah. As it does, as it would happen at a at a at a lower level right cheating scandals um, now don't always involve gambling you know the you know the houston astros and all that stuff kind of had a different motive behind it no one was betting on the game within the organization you know in that in that same manner that we that of which we are aware Aha. Uh-huh. you know what i mean yeah so i think that the um the uh the issue here is that, you know, bringing betting into an academic environment just, I don't know. I know you're allowed to do it in other states, but it just doesn't sit well with me personally. Yeah, it, it, it brings about the different questions of why do we glorify collegiate athletics the way that we do? Mm-hmm. What is the purpose of that? Why do we feel such... A, a a need to hype up these amateurs the way that we do is you know we do it we, we do it with you know the olympics to a certain degree too you know mm-hmm. so 
what is it about this stuff that that drives us in the philosophy of competition uh, in this way? And it, right. it, it makes us look at this in a different light. I'm yeah. not saying that you shouldn't watch college sports. I'm not saying you shouldn't enjoy college sports, but you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the gambling side of it. Um, I feel like there's, there's a better place for that with, with professional sports mm-hmm. than, than with people who are still considered amateurs. And like you know? I said, like you said, the turnover rate, right? So yeah. it's like over the, over the years you get like with professional sports, you get to build stats yeah. and probabilities and it's more of a thinking game. Right. And it's more of a, I feel like there's more strategy behind professional sports than, you know, if this guy, you know, graduates, oh, that's it. There he right. goes. He can't come back. You that's, know, like. that's why I would always <laughs> laugh when, if I, if the little league world series would be on and there would be, you know, color analysts trying to analyze the game. And I'm like, what do you you think you have any idea what's going to go down here with these kids and whatnot? They're 12. You know, they're going to make mistakes. You know why they're going to make mistakes? They're 12. Well, little Timmy here has yeah. a 3 as a 326 batting average, but yeah. uh last week his goldfish died. So right, exactly. that's going to go down. That might go down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like like, like <laughs> you can't I mean <laughs> These are not professionals. You know, no. things happen in their lives. They're just, you know, yeah. as, as when you get into the professional ranks, things change. They, they becomes delineated and asymptotic to, you know, proper, you know, proper betting and whatnot. You know, it's it's not that way collegiately. Sometimes people freeze when they're 20 years old, you know, and you're like, why did that happen? Because he's 20. 20-year-old student athletes are not professional athletes. Right. You know? So yeah, that's that's why for me, collegiate sports and any any amateur sport that is beneath the professional level is for entertainment. And I just thought of this. Uh-oh. You can be over 21 and still be playing in college. Yes, that is correct. So you can bet. On yourself, then. On yourself. Yeah. You'd probably or, be breaking a law, but you could do right. it. Yeah. But, but I'm saying is that someone close to you, another student, yeah. could be in it, could be in on it. And well, the, yeah, that's how that's how redshirting works, you mm-hmm. know, in that in that, you know, you have four years of eligibility and some of these cats delay the start of that clock in order to you know, not be, you know, not, they're, they're basically uh, not starting that clock to like their sophomore year so that they can play as a fifth year senior, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's a strategy to that. So in case they want to go professional and this, you right. know, so there's all this other stuff like that and that does go into it. So you're absolutely right. I didn't even think of that. That's yeah. why I keep you around. Oh, thank you. I, I that, try. Okay, good. Glad we talked about that. <laughs> uh, that's the perfect way to, to wrap this one up, I think, is to remind yeah. everybody that I keep Sean around for a reason. Um, hey, so, hey, once again, a happy 12th birthday to you, Sean. Before you know what you're <laughs> no, going to have. I've, I've gone down four years. You, you've got that Benjamin <laughs> Button disease. So, so you know, happy 8th. And uh, (laughs) I can't wait for you to be crawling again. Uh Um, uh, uh, Thank you as always for all your kind, hard work as you do for the show. You, you infant, you, 
Um, Goo Goo Gaga. (laughs) Uh, As always, check us out at osafoundation.org. The email address is podcast at osafoundation.org. Facebook.com slash osafoundation. Twitter and Instagram at osafoundation. Hashtag how you play the game. And now on YouTube. We hope to talk to everybody in just a couple of short weeks. And uh, until then, everybody, treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSA Foundation Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osafoundation.org.